0: The following podcast by The Kingdom Voice, Dr. Dana Carson, is made possible through DCKM Partners, assisting people in knowing God, making Him known to others, and spreading the kingdom message around the world. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from The Kingdom Voice.
1: In this gospel of the kingdom
2: Coming up today, you will gain a deeper understanding about Christ, his kingdom ministry, and the power that is within us through the Holy Spirit.
1: It's one thing, the lack that you're experiencing, but it's another thing when you experience lack, and then you experience attacks. It ain't nothing like experience lack and attack, thus marks creates the picture. That the Holy Ghost drives people that have relationship with God into wild, dangerous places. If you're in a wild place this morning, if you're in a dangerous place this morning and you're saved, your power works, you just got to use it.
2: As human beings of the kingdom of God, we can only become empowered to do the same great and mighty works of Jesus when we yield to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In today's message, Dr. Dana Carson will be teaching from Matthew 3 and 16 through 4 and 2. Jesus, the kingdom and the power of the Holy Spirit. DCKM, Dana Carson. Before we jump into today's message, we want to let you know that you can go even deeper into your understanding of this kingdom message through the Kingdom Bible Study Guide, Jesus and His Kingdom Ministry. This Bible Study Guide is written with you in mind to assist you through devotions and in-depth studying of your faith. Visit our website, drdanacarson.org, to order your copy today. Now let's tune in to what God has to say to us through the ministry of Dr. Dana Carson.
1: The identity of Christ concerning his divinity and humanity after the Apostolic Age became a serious point of theological discussion after the early church. During the period of Romanization of the gospel, you know, when Rome took over the gospel and, 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 and legalized Christianity through the signing of the Edict of Milan in AD 311 and making Rome, making Christianity the official religion of Rome and uprooting it from its Semitic and Jewish roots and then placing it in a European context. They had to now begin to ask themselves some serious questions about Christianity. So they asked the most thoughtful and penetrating question that any man could ask. And that question was, who exactly is Jesus? Now, you know, as facetious as it may sound, that's the same question most folk that go to church are still asking, see, when they embraced Christianity in the Roman Empire, they knew he was a first century Jewish carpenter by trade. They knew he was the son of Mary and Joseph. They knew that he was known for taught for teaching. The message of the kingdom of God. They knew he was considered a holy, upright, and righteous man. But as it related to the savior of the world, who was he? Thus, in the church councils, the identity of Jesus became the main discussion and concern. Thus... Arianism, the theological arguments of the day in the fourth century, they argued that Jesus was below God and he was yet above man. And this explains his exemplary character. Now, this argument was gaining great traction in the romanized church but a young black deacon of the church by the name of Athanasius saved the orthodox view of Christ by describing Christ through a greek term homoousia homo meaning same ousia meaning substance Athanasius was known he was a deacon in the church and he was known as the black dwarf he single-handedly rescued the faith of christianity in the hands of the roman empire by arguing that jesus was fully man and fully god thus in the council of nicaea in 324 a.d The question of Christ's identity was answered. He was not below God and above man. He was yet fully God and he was fully man. Everything that God was, that's what he was. But at the same time, everything that man was, that's what he was. Look to your neighbor and say, fully God and fully man. That's the other church councils. Uh, answered some of these questions in 431 and uh, 451 at the council of Ephesus and the council of Chalcedon as they argued did Mary carry God or did she carry Christ was she the bearer of Theotokos or Christokos uh, uh, and then did Christ and Chalcedon they argued did he have a human nature or a divine nature and they said that his nature was not his nature was not confounded nor confused thus when Jesus was here he did not operate out of the nature of God he operated out of the nature of man i wish i could teach today he, he he did not operate See if he's fully god he can't operate out of god's nature as a man if he's fully man then he cannot operate you understand what i'm saying of the other nature so He's fully God. He's fully man. Thus, his natures, uh, his nature is not confused nor confounded. Thus, uh, when he operated, he operated out of the nature of man. So then, the question becomes: Help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, What's you see people ask the question: Was Jesus fully man? How could he be fully man and live the kind of exemplary life that? He lived and and accomplished these astronomical feats and these supernatural occurrences. Surely, Jesus is not a man like me, but the question is not whether or not Jesus was fully man. The question is, are you fully man? See, what we don't understand, it is you and I that are not fully man. See, we fell from the humanity that God created us to be. Jesus comes and he shows us what the first Adam was like until he fell. So the question is not whether or not Jesus was a real man. The question is, are you a real man? Jesus is fully God and fully man. Uh, I I would like to talk about it a little bit more, but I can't. See, this question was not an earth-shattering question. You know, who is Jesus? Uh, uh, The church had faced that question. I mean, men had faced that question before Romanization. In fact, the revelation of the identity of Christ was of chief concern to Jesus himself who he was and who you thought he was so Jesus even posed the question himself he said that who do men say that I the son of man y'all don't like me the son of man am now now how could a question that has been asked for millennials still not be able to be answered by a contemporary Christian thus Peter responded thou art the Christ the son of the living God thus echoing the echoing the sentiment the Christ the Messiah the anointed one Who would sit upon the throne of God. He is the son of God. Thus Peter revealed by the father. That Jesus is fully God and fully man. However to understand Jesus we must go beyond the divinity of Christ. In order to receive the eternal benefit of the person of Christ. Not only was Jesus fully God. He was also fully man. And the main lessons we learn from Jesus are not about his divinity. It is his lessons from humanity. What does the man Jesus teach me? Hence it is a fact that Jesus is fully God but after manifesting and becoming man he demonstrated not his divinity but his humanity empowered by the Holy Spirit thus everything you read in the gospels that Jesus does he does as a man why do you think he says things like these things that I do The same shall you do because I go to my father. Why do you think he makes comments like, I do not leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send to you the paracletos the comforter, the helper. And when he comes, he will bring back to your remembrance whatsoever things I taught. Why do you think he sets you up for an expectation to do what he did if you couldn't do it? See, what you don't understand, the more you focus on the divinity of, Of Christ, the less you capitalize from the humanity of Christ. See, the more you focus on the divinity of Christ, the less uh, responsible you become as a man of Christ. Mm -hmm. Thus, Jesus is found saying, I can do nothing. Of myself. Now, 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 was that God or was that man? We find Jesus saying that I only do, I wish I had somebody that read the Bible. I only do what I see the Father do. But then we also find him saying, I and the Father are one. <laughs> fully God, yet fully man. We find Him saying, no man can go to the Father but by me. Fully God, but fully man. As a man, he was relying upon the Holy Spirit. Paul refers to him as the second Adam or the last Adam, giving special notation to the humanity of Christ. Redemption, restoration, and reconciliation was not contingent upon what God could do. It was contingent upon what man could do. Salvation for humanity was not contingent upon what the God in Jesus could do. It was contingent upon the man Jesus and what he could do. Man sinned. Man needed a savior. Man needed to be redeemed by man, not by God. Thus, it was imperative that Jesus be a man. For if Jesus is not a man like I am a man, he cannot pay the consequences of my sin because if that is the case, then the goat could have died for me and the lamb could have died for me and that could have been the end of the story. But since man sin, man had to die for man's sin. He was fully God. Yet he was fully man. Fallen humanity with the curse and consequence of sin could only pay its sin debt through humanity. Thus, he that knew no sin became sin. I want to ask you a question for those of you that get it confused and confounded. Do you really believe that a holy God can become sin? Uh, uh, the, uh, so therefore when Jesus, when the scripture says, he that knew no sin became sin, it's talking about his, hu- his humanity. His vicarious death. On the cross was not God dying for man. It was man dying for man. Look to your neighbor and say, I worship the divine Christ. And I appreciate the man Christ. Thus, Thus Jesus was fully man who lived as a man and who was examined as a man and he died as a man for mankind and and he was declared as a man sinless. Yet he died a sinner's death. God didn't die for man. God is eternal. Only things in time can die. Thus, and the word became flesh. It's only that which became has the ability to die. Oh, I wish I... I mean, God is eternal. Thus, it's important that this morning to understand that the ministry of Jesus was not the ministry of God. I'm going to say it again. It's important to understand that the ministry of Jesus was not the ministry of God. It was the ministry of the God man or the man empowered by the Holy Spirit. Thus our text states that Jesus was born of the Spirit anointed by the Spirit and led by the Spirit into the wilderness to put in work look to your neighbor and say when you're a man full of the Spirit you put in work yeah yeah, 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 yeah. when you are elected by God when <laughs> When you are elected by God and summons by the Holy Spirit, you got to put in work. That's the difference between being called and being all. Jesus birthed was the result of the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary and impregnating her. Mary supplied the ovulation and the egg and the Holy Spirit provided the seed, the seed or the sperma. Luke 1, 30, 38 gives you that. Thus, the word becomes flesh and dwells among us because the word has an interaction with the egg and then the word became because the word empowered. Uh, Mary said, uh, the angel told Mary that the, the spirit will overcome you and, and you'll be overpowered by the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit came upon her and she was in seasonal ovulation, uh, then that seed. Uh, of the word of God. Spermatos. Uh, spermed her ovulation. Her ovulation her egg. And thus the word. Became flesh. How can. The word. Create. Flesh. How can. God. Take from. The Adama, the Adar. How can God take the red man from the dirt and then breathe from his divinity in his nostrils and he becomes a living being? The, the, the whole of human creation did not begin with humanity, it began with God's divine interaction. With humanity. God. The Holy Ghost blew. In that egg. And that egg became. A living being. (laughs) Thus. The Holy Spirit. Comes upon him. In our text. In baptism. In the form of. A dog. John records that Jesus had the Spirit without measure, which meant he had more Holy Ghost than was necessary. You know, you're walking with God when you got ghosts to spare. <laughs> See, because some of us, uh, you know, you know who we are. You know, we pull on every inch that God has given us. Every ounce of the Holy Ghost, we we use it. Jesus was very serious about the Holy Spirit. Somewhat protective of the Holy Spirit. Stating, you can say whatever you want to say about me. But don't say nothing about the Holy Spirit. He said if you say something about me, whatever you say about the Son of man, it might be forgiving you. He said, but if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you will not be forgiven in this world nor the world to come. He's very sensitive about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Slap me but don't touch the Holy Ghost. Lie on me, but don't lie on the Holy Ghost. This
2: is
1: very serious and very, very somewhat protective of the Holy Spirit. Thus, the Bible says, uh, Luke suggests that Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. Such a relationship between Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, and his kingdom power and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that, uh, that Jesus gave the disciples uh, some power on loan. Gave them loan power. The credit was good for it. Gave them low interest rates. Sent them out, told them to preach the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out devils, just do all kind of stuff. Tell the folk the kingdom has come to you. They went out, came back, Luke 10 17, says that they say, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Which I said your name, you should have seen them scatter. Jesus said, Behold. I saw Satan fall like lightning. (laughs) He says, I've given you authority over, not some, over, not a little, over so I, Jesus said that when you're in the kingdom and you have the Holy Ghost you have power over everything that you crying about right now everything that's troubling your life right now Jesus said to the disciples I'm going to give you the power on loan but look to your neighbors say I didn't get a loan say I got a paid off Holy Ghost paid in full a penny. <laughs> Thus. The Bible says. That. He told the disciples. He said. Rejoice. Not because demons. Are subject. To you. But rejoice. Because your names. Are written in the Lamb's book of life. If you want me to dance, I ain't going to dance about my authority. I'm not going to dance about my power. I'm going to dance about my salvation. I'm going to dance about my relationship. Lord David said restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Why don't you give somebody a high five and tell them I'm glad I'm saved this morning. Not that somebody got healed in my ministry. Not that I prophesied. Not that I laid hands on the sick. I'm rejoicing this morning because I'm saved. Saved. Anybody in here saved? Anybody in here know you're saved? says this now I want you to get this Rachel you'll appreciate this in Luke 10 he says rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life and then it goes down in verse 19 and it says Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and begin to say, Father, thank you for these that you have given me. And he rejoices. And why is he so happy now? He's happy because he sees that power works in their life. And if power is working in their life, he knows they've got a relationship. And he rejoices. Look to your neighbor say, when say, when the Holy Ghost works with power. You know you're saved. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, you better take care of your business, man. You better put in your work. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit took Jesus and it led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Mark says it drove him into the wilderness. And if it's not enough for you to fill the wilderness, Mark adds, where there is wild beast. Thus, it's one thing to be in a desolate place, in isolation, without the resources you need. That's one thing, but it's another thing to not have resources and, and have predators. coming after you some of you know what I'm talking about it's one thing the lack that you are experiencing but it's another thing when you experience lack and then you experience attacks it ain't nothing like experience lack and attack thus Mark creates the picture that the Holy Ghost drives people that have relationship with God into wild, dangerous places. If you're in a wild place this morning, if you're in a dangerous place this morning and you're saved, your power works, you just got to use it. Come on, touch somebody and tell them your power works. You just got to use it. Come on, tell them your power works. You just got to use it. Come on, say your power works. You just got to use it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Therefore, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You need to look at situation in the eye and tell your situation, I belong to God. Uh, I am the property of God and what shall separate me from the love of God? God. I don't care where you are this morning. The Holy Ghost drove you in it and he will bring you out of it. Why don't you touch somebody and tell them I'm coming out. Come on say I know I'm in but I'm coming out I'm in not because you put me there I'm in because the Holy Ghost put me there. I got a Question or two, uh, I want to ask you this morning. Uh, The first question I want to ask you uh, is Who put Joseph in? Uh, Was it the Holy Spirit uh, or was it his siblings? Uh, I got another question to ask you Who put Job in? was it a situation or was it God? I'm trying to tell you today. No matter where you are today. Something drove you in. Something led you in. But if it took you in. It's going to bring you out. Why don't you touch two, three people. And tell them I'm coming out. I know I'm in. But I. I'm coming out hallelujah hallelujah come on give him praise come on give him glory come on give him praise anything the Holy Ghost leads you in he'll bring you out
2: If this message was a powerful blessing to your life, we invite you to give a gift to the ministry of Dr. Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org and search for Jesus, the kingdom and the power of the Holy Spirit. This broadcast is one level of Kingdom understanding, but if you want an even greater level of understanding about the Kingdom and how it relates to your Christian walk, enroll in the Kingdom Bible University. Listen now how one student told us in a letter how the Kingdom Bible University transformed their life.
0: As a busy mom with a young child, going back to school was never an option for me. But I wanted to learn my faith and the kingdom message so bad that I just kept searching for something or someone to help me. The Kingdom Bible University was exactly what I was looking for short online semesters, knowledgeable teachers, and other students' interactions online helps me to learn the kingdom message on a whole nother level. I love the fact that KBU offered different programs of study so I could choose exactly what I wanted to learn. My faith increased in God because now I understand why the kingdom message is so necessary for my life.
2: If you want to gain this same understanding of the kingdom message, we invite you to participate in our open enrollment session at www.kingdombibleuniversity.com. This online university is accessible, affordable, and achievable for all walks of life. Check it out today. Before we end this broadcast, we would like to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. So please repeat this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you now, acknowledging that I am a sinner and in need of your grace. Save me, Lord. Make me clean. All that I am, all that I have, I give to you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Now, if you said this prayer, we celebrate with you. We invite you to join online to further your kingdom journey at www.therockwoi.com and click join online. We would love to assist you through your new kingdom life. Now, through broadcasts like these, we are spreading the kingdom message around the world, and we would like to thank our DCKM partners for assisting in making this happen. Today, we would like to extend an invitation to you to join us as one of our partners as we take this kingdom message across the globe. DCKM partners help spread the kingdom message throughout the world by supporting through weekly prayer and monthly donations. DCK and partners have assisted in several events and missions trips this year, including training leaders and pastors at the Kingdom Leadership Summit in Ghana. Become a DCK and partner today at drdanacarson.org. Well, that concludes today's broadcast. Thank you for listening to the ministry of Dr. Dana Carson. Until next time, may the kingdom of God rule and reign in your hearts and minds.
0: The preceding message by Dr. Dana Carson is made possible by DCKM Partners, assisting people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Check out his website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from the kingdom voice. Become a DCKM Partner today and make a difference in the world around you at www.drdanacarson.org. DCKM. They know you, Thank you. Thank you.